0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Come on, what's going on, church family? Hey, I got a question for you. How does it feel to be in church on Sunday? Come on, let me hear you make some noise. Yeah, let's go. That was... um... You guys, it's very apparent you've already had at least one cup of coffee. <laughs> Some of you are drinking Red Bull, C4, whatever that is. Maybe, you know what? It's the Holy Spirit that's just energized you. Come on with that. Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. What an honor it is to see you in church today. I want to say uh, a big, a big welcome to those of you that uh, may. This may be the first time that you have been back in church since the pandemic. I know there's numerous families that are here today for the very first time. Welcome home. And uh, I say thank you for staying connected online and uh, we're, we're honored to see you today, it is, it's such a joy what God is doing. I want to say, I give a quick shout out, I got some family in town today that are on vacation in Austin and they're in church today, love you guys, thank you for being in church, it is an honor to see you. And uh, I, I do, I want, to give, I want to give some more love to a, a sweet lady sitting right over to my left, I'm not exactly sure where she's at, but Veronica is in the building, Veronica, uh, buried her thirty-year-old son this week, and she is in church today. Uh, Veronica, I can't see you, but I, I know you're somewhere. There you are, sweetheart. We love you. Your church is praying for you, and I know you're a, a strong woman of faith. But this is what the church is here for in times like this, and we're gonna we're gonna help you as much as we can and be here for you, and we're praying for you and for your family today. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hey, let's dive. Let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. Have you have you taken a risk in your life lately? This is kind of a let me let me I this morning, here's the last time I took a risk was this morning right after I woke up and I want to share this risk with you that I took. I took a risk when I got up and I put these pants on. Because yesterday, Cassidy and I had a little date day and there's one thing that we like to do is we like to eat when we go to, you know, when we have time by ourselves, right? It's not Chick-fil-A like it is with the kids or something like that. So we, we like to try new spots and, you know, you work, for those of you that care about your health, that's all of you, I know you do, you work really hard. Isn't it amazing how you can, you know, eat super healthy all week, you know, like, Chicken and rice, you know, or like carrots and, and celery all week. And then one meal, you, you consume like 40,000 calories. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and it just just botches the whole week. Well, that was yesterday. I was, I'm not even going to tell you everything. This is just starting. This is just kind of breaking the ice. Yesterday, there was pizza involved and there were brownies involved. And I'm not telling you any more, okay? There was, there was a lot more food involved. And so, when I went to put these pants on today, I said, Dear Lord, I need you to perform a miracle right now. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to try these pants on. I'm going to need you to make a way where there seems to be no way. And y'all, he came through in a mighty way. He provided a drawstring in these pants today. Come on, somebody. You've been taking risks in your life. If you, if you play the stock market the last month, some of you have been taking a risk on, and I don't even know how to pronounce this, on Dogecoin, Dogecoin, or Doggycoin. I'm not sure which one it is, but if you know, you know. And you've been at the, the highest of highs when you bought in for three cents. Woo! And then it went up to like 70 cents and you're like, oh, I'm gonna be a millionaire. And then two moments later, it drops all the way back down and you're trying to sell everything, but instead of sell, you accidentally buy and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. If you you play the stock market, you take risks. But you know what I found to be interesting is how many people will take risks in life who won't take a chance on God. They'll take a risk in the natural, but when it comes to the supernatural, they step back and they're like, oh, wait, hey, I don't know about that. I, 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 I'm not sure. And when I use the word risk today, really what I'm referring to is this, this idea of going, of going all in, of giving it everything you have when you aren't certain what the outcome's going to be. Okay, so as we, as we continue down the road today, I wanna to make sure that you have that same understanding. But, but as, you, as you read the pages of scripture, there's stories and stories, and we could be here all day just going through stories of, of people that have taken massive risks um, and, and just said, you know what? I don't know how it's gonna turn out, right? But I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna take a step of faith. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know the story. They said, listen, I'm not gonna bow down to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not gonna do that. My God will come through. But if he doesn't, I'm going to do it anyways. Because they, they took a step of faith. They, they took a risk, even though they didn't know exactly how it was going to play out in the end. The children of Israel, you know, the story when the Red Sea was parted and walls of water on either side. They, they walked through on dry ground. But think about this. Have you ever thought about it? They didn't know. That the water wasn't going to collapse in on them like that? In my like human mind, that would be a real... I'd be like, uh. I mean, this is great. This seems like a way of escape, but is this a trap? I'm not sure what's going to happen. They took a step of faith. They took a risk, not knowing exactly how it was all going to turn out. So this morning, we find and we'll find in our, in our text today that, that faith is all about trusting God. All about trusting God with every aspect of your life, even when you don't know how things are going to play out. And we're gonna, we're gonna focus our time together today in the book of Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 22. And we're gonna kind of walk our way through this passage today, but it's gonna be a very familiar passage of scripture that that perhaps if you've been around church or even if you haven't, chances are really good that you have heard something about this story, but maybe we're gonna look at it from a slightly different perspective today. But the Bible says this in verse 22. Immediately, he made the disciples, speaking of Jesus, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. And after he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. He was there alone. But the boat was already, and this is going to come back into play at the end of our time together today, so I want to make sure you understand this. The boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was contrary. Did you... Did you catch what happened? Let's kind of recap what's going on in this story. And I feel like every time I have the, the opportunity to preach, I, I feel like I've worked this in because the Bible just comes alive to me when I put myself in the pages of Scripture. You know what? I can feel the emotions of what, how they might have felt when I try to see myself walking through whatever it is that they're walking through. And so what happens in, in this, this chapter of Matthew is that the disciples were doing exactly what Jesus had told them to do. They got in a boat and they crossed over to the other side. So we can assume that they are right in the middle of God's will. They were doing exactly what they had been told. They were obeying and yet, isn't this amazing, they still find themselves in a stormy situation. Doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing they're still in a stormy situation. And I don't know if you've ever been there in your life, but I have a feeling there's some people under the sound of my voice, some people watching online that can identify with where these disciples were, that they, they were in a boat doing, listen, you were living, you were living the right way. You weren't living a rebellious or a sinful life. You were following and pursuing God to the best of your ability. You're not living in sin or or, or living in unconfessed sin. You weren't walking in the opposite direction of God and yet you still found yourself in a storm. You still found yourself in a season of life that you're wondering, "What, what just happened? Like how are we here? How in the world did it get this bad so quick? And if you've ever been there, I wanna give you just a small piece of encouragement right now, and it's this, is that you can be in the will of God and still be in a storm. So don't be discouraged when, when life seems to be going the way that you don't want it to be going. You can still be in the middle of God's will and still experiencing the storms of life. Maybe, maybe you've been in a season of life like this where you're, you're in a storm, but the harder that you work to move in the direction that God is calling you to be, the direction that he, he wants you to be, the more resistance that you start to feel. The harder you row, the harder you paddle, the more resistance from the wind that you feel as you're trying to make your way towards your destination. The Bible says that the wind was contrary. The wind was contrary, what does that mean? Simply, it's simply this, that, that the direction that they were trying to go where God wanted them to be, the wind was trying to blow them in a different direction. They were right in the middle of God's will, but they weren't making any progress. Isn't that a frustrating place to be? Right in the middle of what God's called you to do, but you don't feel like you're making any progress in your walk with him. The wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, which would have been between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., it's dark, the Bible says. So think about this. I want you to put yourself in this situation. You're obeying God. You're in a storm. The winds of life are blowing you in a direction contrary to where you're trying to go and now it's dark outside. You can't even see, you're just, just rowing and paddling. Don't even, Open your eyes, sure it doesn't really matter. It's dark outside, you can't even see. It's just, it is not in a good situation that they find themselves on this night, the fourth watch of the night. He came to them, Jesus came to them, this is amazing. Walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. They were terrified and they said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Now I want you to picture yourself in the boat and you look out. The situation's already bad. Nothing's going good. The winds are picking up, probably raining a little bit. The waves are without question rocking the boat. And in a distance, you look, oh, you open your eyes and you're like, oh, it's a ghost. Yeah. These are grown fishermen used to being on the boat. Like if you're a fisherman for a living, chances are you've been hooked in the ear. You've had, you got to smell of fish on your hands. You tough, like it don't. You know, little things don't. No, but in this moment, there's a ghost. Mama, call somebody. I got to get some help. There's a ghost. Why? I got to tell you all this story. I don't even know why I'm telling you all this. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> like those moments in life where you think you see something that's not really there. You know what I mean? Like I was just. I don't even remember how. I was just a little kid, and I remember. I was spending the night at a friend's house, literally right across the street. When I say right across the street, like this is the street, my house was here, his house was here. Like you could throw a rock and hit our house. Spending the night with my buddy, he had bunk beds, and back in the day, I had, uh, I had to wear a retainer. I don't even know really what it was for at this point, but I remember that it was a glow in the dark retainer. <laughs> yep, that was cool. That's right. And I don't know what it was. I've tried to figure it out for years, and I think I've finally come to the conclusion. I figured out what it was. I got so scared in the middle of the night. Y'all, I'm 30 yards from my house, okay? But I wasn't in my bed with my parents there. You know what I'm saying? Like it was somewhere else, and the devil was there. It was a ghost. I saw it. (laughs) And I don't know if I was so scared that I was just laying there with my mouth open. But I kept seeing and it would go away. And it was probably when I closed my mouth, but I would see a reflection off of something down the hallway that was right here. And I was like, Daddy, you gotta come get me. I can't take it. <laughs> and this is probably where they were in a situation. Y'all, y'all aren't scaredy cats like me, so y'all never dealt with anything like that. But but I did. <laughs> But immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And of course, someone speaks up. And if anyone's going to speak up, we know who it is. The one that likes to run his mouth. The one that likes to to talk and hear himself just real quick. Like he don't like to listen. He likes to talk and get himself in trouble. Peter speaks up. He's the one that says, uh, Peter, uh, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came toward Jesus and, and things start to heat up here. This is where the story starts to, to gain some traction here. And, and, and I wonder if you've thought about it from this perspective and it kind of blows my mind because all the disciples that were in that boat, guess what? They were all in the middle of the very same storm, right? They were all in the exact same situation. The storm wasn't different for one person. It was the same storm that they were all involved in and they all heard the same Jesus say the exact same thing. They all, in the same storm, heard Jesus say the same thing and he would say, take courage. It is I, do not be afraid, but only Peter pipes up, only Peter speaks up and, and he's basically saying, listen, I can't speak for my other boys that are here scared to death just like me in this boat that we's about to die. And this is not looking good, Lord, but, but if it is you and you just told us that it was you, that what we were seeing is not a ghost, if it is you, based upon your word, I want something more in this moment than just my fear to go away. If it is you, yeah, I'm scared, and I want you to take my fear away. I don't want to be scared of what we're going through, but, but in this moment, there has been something presented to me that, that seems to be that I can take part in something more than just having my fear be subsided. That there's a miracle on the horizon. And I just don't want to see a miracle, but I want to be a part of a miracle. I don't want to just see, I don't want to just see you do so. I want to be a part of whatever it is that you're going to do to get us out of this situation. I want to be right in the middle of what you are going to do. This is Peter's thinking. I want something more. And I've always wondered, like what made him pipe up and say this? Like this specific request like, that's kind of weird, right? Like, I, I don't know that I would think about that request in the middle of a stormy situation in life. And I'm sure there's a lot of logical reasons for exactly why he would, he would make this, this ask. But, but I wonder in that split second, you know, a lot of things can go through your mind in just a moment. And I wonder when he found out that it was Jesus walking on the water, I wonder if Peter thought to himself, hey, man, I've walked in a lot of places with Jesus. Man, we've walked from city to city. The highs of highs and the lows of lows. In fact, we just came from the outskirts of town where I saw you, Lord, take take five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000 people. We just walked off. But I have never, I've never walked on water with you. And I see you out there walking on water. What, you are walking, I, I think the reason that Peter made this request was because he wanted to be where Jesus was, <laughs> right? Like like if I'm, if I'm scared, I want Jesus as close to me as I can possibly get. I wanna be as close to him as I can, I can possibly be. And maybe that's the reason why he, he makes this ask. And I, I have a feeling that Jesus allows you and I to be in a storm. Why, why does he allow this? I don't think he necessarily creates it. But I think he allows us to walk through seasons that are stormy. And here's the reason. Because he wants you to see him in a stormy situation. See, listen, it's one thing. It's one thing to experience him in the comfort of a church. It's one thing to see him and to experience who he is and what he can do when you're in a church setting and everything is going good and the worship is phenomenal and you get goosebumps on your arms and there's hundreds of people sitting next to you that are like-minded worshiping. Oh, it feels good, yeah, woo. But it's a whole nother thing to see Jesus in the middle of one of the most dire circumstances of your life. When he shows up, in the stormy season of your life, there is something that rises up on the inside of you that says this is the Jesus that I've been worshiping. Yeah. It's a whole nother thing to see Jesus during the most difficult seasons of your life. When you see, tell me this, this just when you see the thing that has been scaring you the thing that has been causing you fear and frustration and fearing for your life, when you see that underneath the feet of Jesus, tell me it doesn't do something in your spirit. See, Peter, he he was scared of what was going on. He was scared of the the wind and of, of the waves and of the storm. But guess what Jesus was doing? He was walking on the very thing that was freaking him out. (laughs) He had authority over the problems and the things that were bringing frustration and fear to Peter. And I have a feeling that Peter says, you know what? If you're walking on water, I know you're, I've seen what you can do. And I don't wanna just watch you walk on my problems. I'm ready for my foot to step out and allow the ball of my foot to touch the water. I'm ready to walk on my problems for myself. I'm ready to get authority over the things that have been frustrating me and irritating me and causing me to lose my mind. It's my turn to get on top of my problems instead of my problems. Getting on top of me, I'm ready to exercise my faith. So he's walking on the water, he's walking on his, his problem. But something changes here. I mean, things go from bad to worse really, really quickly here, verse 30, but seeing the wind, seeing the wind. Think about that. He became frightened and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hands and took hold of him and he said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now watch this, Peter's walking on the water, but he's watching the wind. He's walking on water, but he starts to watch the wind. And here's my issue with that is that you can't see the wind. When's the last time you saw the wind? <laughs> you can't see the wind. You can't, I can't see it. No, no, no. What he was seeing was the effect that the wind had on the water. He was seeing the, the waves begin to swell up to where they were almost landing on the bow of the boat. And when, when you go down, oh, the water's going to get No, He was seeing the white caps. He was seeing the, wave, the, the wind blow the water. This is, what, this is what he was seeing in this. You can't see the wind, but think about this for a second. Then if that's, the, if that's the case, we already know that he was in a storm. He was in a storm before he ever got out of the boat. Right, he was already scared to death because there was a storm. The wind was already blowing before he got out of the boat. We know this, the Bible tells us that there was a storm. So watch, this is not a new sight. This is not a sight problem, this is is not a new, new problem. No, 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 it was a problem of focus. The problem was the same, but his focus had changed. His focus, now he's focusing on the wind, and when he begins to focus on the bigness of his problem, and how bad they, oh, what is, this storm is really bad. Oh! Yeah, we were right, guys. We should have, this is, and he starts to sink. The shift in focus caused his circumstance to replace his Savior. And when his circumstance replaced his Savior, his circumstance took over and began to pull him under. He became subject to his circumstances when his eyes left his Savior. When his eyes were on his Savior, his circumstances did not change. He was still in a storm. But the difference was is that he was on top of it and it wasn't on top of him. See, you know, the way, the way that you know whether your focus is right is not whether your circumstances change. That, that's not the way that you know your focus is right. But here's, here's how you know your focus is right, whether you're on top of it or it's on top of you. See, if you walk around all day talking about how bad it is oh there's no way we're getting out of this uh-uh Woo! no sir no ma'am no way no how look at there's no way no 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 you walk into your job and you start telling your boss and the people that you work i don't know how we're going to deal with this what are we going to do about johnny how, how johnny didn't close the deal what are we going to do oh my goodness i don't know how we're going to deal with this. Everything is bad, your situations, your circumstances, even if they aren't bad, you allow the stress of life and the things that are on your to-do list to overtake you and it's begin to overwhelm you. Listen, it is on top of you and you are not on top of it. It might be time to shift your focus. Might be time to refocus Jesus says to him, you of little faith. He didn't say to him, you of no faith. He says, you of little faith. So he went from big faith, because he got out of the boat, that takes quite a bit of faith, to little faith in just a matter of moments. How do you go from big faith to little faith like this? It's your focus. And I'm trying to preach to you today as as we enter into the summer season. And you get out of your, your patterns and your routines of life that if you're not careful, listen, your focus will shift to things that don't really matter. Oh, they're good and they're fun and they're, there's nothing wrong with them. But your focus will shift And you'll lose sight of what really matters the most. And and I'm trying before we go into summer and before you start traveling and taking all these vacations because we've been locked in and locked up for the last year and a half. Everybody's ready to go. That don't lose sight of what matters the most. Stay focused on the things of God. Stay focused on your daily disciplines. Stay focused on the Word of God. Stay focused on your family and your relationship with your husband or your wife. Stay focused on your relationship with your kids. Stay focused on the things that matter the most. Focus will determine the level of your faith. Let me say it this way when your focus shifts, your faith begins to diminish. When your faith diminishes, guess what happens? Your fear grows. Focus is the key. Focus, focus, focus. I feel like sometimes we find ourselves in the storms of life with our heads just barely above water, just just treading water, just trying to to just keep afloat. And it's not because God is is trying to, to take you out, no. But I think more importantly, what he's trying to do is to try to get you to do what Peter did it's to try to get you to refocus back on the things that really matter most because the only option that Peter had was to go back to the one who told him it was okay to leave the boat in the first place and he's saying hey listen I know you took your eyes off of me for a moment and you begin to see the effects when you lost sight of who I am and what I can do for you. When you lost sight, you begin to go under, but I need you to refocus right now. I am your only option. You've been looking for joy in a lot of places. You've been looking for happiness and contentment in a lot of places, but I need you to refocus. Back on the things that really matter the most. So verse 30, he cries out, Lord, save me, Jesus. This is exactly what I've been waiting for. I know you, you lost focus, but, but you, you figured it out. You refocused your life, and immediately G- Jesus stretched out his hands, and he took hold of him, and he said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, you are certainly God's son, You are certainly his son. See, sometimes I think, I don't know about you, but this is how it is for me that I'm so grateful for Peter in this situation because if you're not careful, if there's times in your life when you're not willing to risk it all and to step out in faith and say, Lord, I don't know how this is going to turn out, I don't know exactly what this is going to look like. You're going to be like all the other disciples in that boat. And you know what they did? Here's what they would do. And here's how history, how we would look at, their, at this portion of their lives. They're going to look back and they're going to retell this story of Peter stepping out of the water and walking on water. They're going to tell their, their kids and their grandkids. Oh, you should have been there. I was there the day. Oh, it was awesome. Just, it was really like this. It was like. And he was walking. It was, it was amazing. Now watch. Here's, that's great and it's amazing to see it. But here's what they had to do the rest of their life for this situation. All they could do was piggyback off of Peter's testimony. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when I say, Lord, I'm so grateful that you're providing, that you're, you're doing miracles for everybody else. But Lord, I need a testimony of my own. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to believe you. I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm not going to piggyback off of everybody else. Those are great for a moment, and they're great for a season. But I'm going to expect the miraculous in my life. I'm going to risk it all because I don't know how it's all going to play, how it's all going to turn out. But, Lord, here I go. Here I go. I'm not piggybacking any longer. I'm ready for you to do the miraculous in my life. I'm ready to leave the comfort of the boat and watch you do something that would blow my life away. That would just, my mind can't even contain it. But it requires you. Requires me taking a step of faith. You do it in every other aspect of your life. You do it in relationships. You do it in the the job market, take risk. I don't know how this is gonna play out, but man, I'm gonna turn my resume in. They're hiring. Just, so I'm just gonna try it. But we don't try it with the one who loves you the most. We're so reserved to do this. I read a story one day of a boy that was on a plane. The plane was experiencing some crazy turbulence. Have you been there before in a plane? It was just, yeah, your head just hit. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh my, what is happening? Just, it was bad. Just people, everybody on the plane, just white knuckle holding on. Ah, ah, you know. You got that bag. I won't say barf bag, but you got the bag. You ready? You ready? Any moment. And There's this little boy in a seat. Everybody is going Bonkers. And there's a little boy in a seat and he's playing with his toys with a smile on his face, calm, collected, chill, easy. And the woman sitting next to him, she is the, the worry, worrier of worriers. She is panicking. She's like, this oxygen mask, when it comes out, I'm not helping you. I'm putting it on my face first. I'm taking care of this. And she looks at the little boy She says, son, how in the world can you sit there and play with your toys in the middle of this turbulence? What is wrong with you? You have lost your mind. And the little boy looked back up at her with a smile on his face, real kind and polite. He he didn't say much, but he told her this. He said, ma'am, my father's in the cockpit flying this plane. And I know, I know what he can do. He's never let me down. I've flown with him a lot of places. See, when you know who's got control, it's a lot easier to take a step of faith and to trust him with every aspect of your life. Would you stand with me all across this place? Let me end with this. We've been looking at this passage of scripture from the book of Matthew, but you'll find the very same story in John chapter six. John chapter 21 excuse me and here's the deal this is this is the beautiful thing of the story and John you'll hear this the Bible says immediately this is after he's back in the boat after everything is said and done he's safe everything's good the way that John records it takes it a little bit further he says immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going Now remember, this is where I told you earlier, the very first passage of scripture I told you, I said, this is gonna come into play. And here's what I wanna encourage somebody with. The book of Matthew tells us that the boat was a very long distance from shore. But the book of John tells us that immediately when Jesus got in the boat, that they got to the land where they were going. And here's what I'm trying to tell you by that, that when God gets ready to do something in your life, when he gets ready to perform a miracle in your life, just just when you think he's out of time, he can turn it on a dime. Just just when you're not sure that there's any time left in your medical report, when you're not sure there's any time left in your relationship, I'm telling you, when he gets ready to work, He can make up the ground that you've been fighting for for years, immediately. So I wanna pray for you, Lord, right now. God, I thank you for this amazing group of people today. Lord, no doubt, people that take major risks, some more than others for sure, but in their natural lives they step out and say I'm going to try this I'm going to do this and just see what happens I don't even know what it's going to be I'm not sure but I read about it on the internet here we go (laughs) but Lord today you have you've checked our hearts that I'm ready to see you do something miraculous in my life but it requires me stepping out stepping out in faith and trusting you That you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Even when I don't know what the end is. Even when I can't even see the end in sight. I'm going to trust you. In the middle of the storm. Bless us today. Keep your hand on us this holiday weekend. For it's in Jesus name I pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Now listen. Before you leave. I got to give you a little piece of homework. Okay. You know, on your cell phone, when you go to take a picture sometimes, have you ever had this happen and there's a big group of people in the picture and it automatically focuses on something? Like, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And it focuses on some random thing. And you have to hit the screen to make it focus on the thing that you want it to focus on. This is what I'm calling you to this week. Not auto-focus on your camera. No, no, no. I'm calling you to manual focus. That you're gonna be tempted this week, you're gonna be tempted this summer to start focusing on things that don't really matter, things that would be in the background. But I want you to catch it and I want you to understand, and I want you to say, no, no, no. I want you to tap the screen and say, Lord, this is where my focus is gonna be. My focus is gonna be on you. It's gonna be on the things of you. It's gonna be on your house and in your word and on my family and on my spouse. manual focus. It takes effort. It's not just going to happen. You're going to have to do it intentionally and God's going to be with you. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend and we'll see you back in the house on Wednesday night.